Yeah, thank you, Evan. So, good morning again to you. So, always good to be able to be here together on a beautiful Lord's Day, uh, worshiping God and looking at His Word uh, to see what we can learn from it about what He's done for us and, and what His expectations are for us. Uh, this morning, uh, the title of my lesson is Betraying the Lord, and uh, I think that I, I kind of uh, ended up doing this topic, just uh, really segueing from our discussion last week about the Lord's Supper, and, and in thinking about how when we partake of the Lord's Supper, we're supposed to examine ourselves, we're supposed to think about what Jesus did for us, the sufferings that he went through for us, and, and how we should respond to that. And uh, for some reason, in thinking about that, I got to, to thinking about when uh, when we have not been doing right uh, and and are thinking about that during the Lord's Supper. It, to me, uh, when I found, found myself in, in those situations, I feel like I've betrayed God or betrayed the Lord. And so uh, I wanted to do a lesson about uh, betrayal uh, this morning and just look at Maybe a few examples in the Bible uh, in which someone was betrayed and, and draw some conclusions from that. So uh, when you think about betrayal that's a, or, or betraying someone, that's a pretty common term. I think everyone knows really what that is and understands what that is. It's, uh, the definition of it is an act of deliberate disloyalty. And so you are on purpose, you are not loyal to someone or something or some cause, uh, whatever it may be. And, and when you are not loyal to something, that you are betraying that. And uh, oftentimes, uh, betrayal can, can be rooted in, in or, or can happen for different reasons. It can be rooted in anger or bitterness. Someone could be uh, mad at an institution that they work for. Uh, and, and want to betray that institution. Someone could be mad uh, at a friend and want to betray a friend. And so anger and bitterness is definitely uh, one of the causes of betrayal. Uh, but I would say uh, at least as often, if not most often, it seems to me that betrayal is is rooted somewhat in envy, right? And, and wanting uh, to better your position uh, you're looking at someone or some some institution, and uh, you, you're envious of that, and want to to better your position or your your position in that, and so some betrayal happens to to do that, and and it often includes deception. Pretty much every time when someone is betraying someone else or something, there's some deception involved, right? Uh, some kind of misleading. Sometimes it's just outright lying. Sometimes it's it's more of a mis misleading type thing. But but there's always some kind of deception involved. And betrayal is something that is, I would say, universally recognized across all societies at large. There may be some society that doesn't think it's wrong, but generally betrayal is something that, that's recognized among people as something really bad, right? It's really distasteful. Uh, it, you know, uh, doing, doing something wrong to someone, you know, if, if I whack somebody over the head with something, yeah, that's bad, but if I uh, betray them, 
you know, that's like a whole nother level of bad, right, in society's eyes. Uh, and so, you know, again, I think these are all things that we know, uh, but but it's something that, that I think needs to, to be said at the front of this lesson. Um, and so, when betrayal happens, uh, it is basically a total destruction of trust in a relationship, right? Uh, the trust is broken uh, in a relationship, and that can be hard to recover from. And so, uh, at least in our interactions with, with people and one another or with an institution, uh, thankfully with God, I would say uh, betrayal with God can be is probably the most easy betrayal to recover from because he's such a forgiving God, right? And he's so willing to forgive us of our sins that, that we can go to him repenting of those sins and he will forgive us uh, and, and we'll be back in good standing with him. So when you look at instances of betrayal in the scriptures, there's really a lot of it. Um, and I think that that's because there's a lot of it in the world, in people in general. It happens a lot. Uh, and so the scriptures tell us stories of, of things that happen with people. And, and so if you have stories of things that happen with people, you're going to have some betrayal in there. And, you know, there's examples of, of one person betraying another. You think about David and Uriah, one of his mighty men, and how David betrayed Uriah and the things that he did against him. Uh, you think about um, one. There's examples of family members betraying each other. You think about David and, and Ahab and, and his son and how he rebelled against David. Uh, there's examples of uh, one group betraying another group. You think about Jacob's sons and the story about their sister Dinah and the the Hivite men and. Uh, how uh, they basically, Jacob's sons, lied to and tricked the, the Hivite men and betrayed them, didn't do what they said uh, in regards to their response to that. Justified or not, I feel like they still uh, betrayed those men. And there's, of course, example after example of, of a nation betraying God over and over again. The Israelite nation uh, betrayed the Lord many times and that's how he describes it uh, in various places in the scriptures you look, can look at Ezekiel chapter 16 is a good description of of how God felt about the Israel of nation the nation of Israel and how they had betrayed him and how does he talk about that he talks about that like a bride who had betrayed her husband right um, and so again betrayal is something that that's really throughout scripture is something we see often uh, and and uh, there's a lot of examples of it and, and things that I think we can learn from it. Um, a little quote that I found in preparing for this lesson uh, just to uh, think about how bad betraying someone or betraying the Lord is. Uh, it says one of the worst things about betrayal is that it seldom comes from your enemies. Right, and so think about that. If if your enemy does you wrong, that's kind of expected, right? You're not caught off guard, and it doesn't really necessarily feel like a betrayal because they're your enemy. They were already against you, but betrayal comes from those you are close to, right? Those that you trust, uh, and so uh, those that you expect to do those right things. Uh, and and I think that that's why 
when betrayal does happen, it, it hurts the most uh, and it's viewed so negatively in society because society recognizes that it is a very terrible thing. Uh, David talks about this in Psalms chapter 55 and starting in verse 12. It says, For it's not an enemy who taunts me, because then I could bear it. It's not an adversary who deals insolently, insolently with me, then I could hide from him. But it is you, a man, my equal, my companion, my familiar friend. We used to take sweet counsel together within God's house. We walked in the throng. And so, again, just a, a snapshot verse there of David describing how hurtful betrayal can be and, and describing that it's hurtful because it happens with someone you are close to, that you have trust with. Uh, and it's... Uh, you know, again, I think that's why society thinks of it so wrongly, and and I think we have to keep that in our minds, in our when we're thinking about, and, and this lesson is going to be headed towards this end that uh, we can betray God by not doing those things that that He expects us to do, and and we need to realize and think about our sin as betraying Him, and and realize that that's how that makes Him feel when when He's done these good things for us. And, and, you know, he has this, this trust. We have this relationship with him is how it's described, a father and a child. Uh, and, and we do wrong. It, it betrays uh, him in a sense. And so uh, not a good thing. So I think I've got uh, four, four examples here from the New Testament of betrayal that I wanted to just briefly look at and, and think about maybe... Uh, what caused these people or what motivated these people to betray someone. Um, and the first one that, that I'm sure comes to most people's mind when you talk about betrayal is Judas. And so uh, turn to Matthew chapter 26. Matthew chapter 26. We're going to read uh, just kind of the the sections of the chapter that, that show us what was going on with Judas. So you start in verse 14 of Matthew chapter 26. And it says, Then one of the twelve, called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priests and said, What are you willing to give me if I deliver him to you? And they counted out to him thirty pieces of silver. And so from that time he sought opportunity to betray him. You keep Skipping through there, you get a few verses down to verse 19. All of the disciples and Jesus are gathered together there for the Passover feast. Uh, it says, So the disciples did as Jesus had directed them, and they prepared the Passover. And when evening had come, he sat down with the twelve. And now that as they were eating, he said, Assuredly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. And they were exceedingly sorrowful, and each one began to say to him, Lord, is it I? And he answered and said, he who dipped his hand with me in the dish will betray me. The Son of Man indeed goes just as it is written him, but woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been better, it would have been good for that man if he had not been born. Then Judas, who was betraying him, answered and said, Rabbi, is it I? And he said to him, You have said it. And look at uh, towards the latter half of the chapter, starting in verse 47. And while he was still speaking, behold, Judas, one of the twelve, with a great multitude, with swords and clubs, came from the chief priests and elders of the people. And 
Now his betrayer had given them a sign saying, Whoever I kiss, he's the one, seize him. And immediately they went to Jesus and said, He went up to Jesus and said, Greetings, Rabbi, and kissed him. And so, you know, that's really the, the snapshot condensed version of Judas betraying Jesus. And I want us to think about, uh, just just for a minute, analyze what was Judas's motivation. Why did he betray Jesus? Uh, and I think that uh, when, what little additional information we have about Judas, we can see one of his primary motivations was simply greed, right? He wanted the money. He went to those chief priests asking, what will you give me if I betray him to you? And what did they give him? They gave him money. He was he was happy with that and he was fine with that. And uh, John chapter 12 and verse 6 kind of gives us a little bit more detail and, and supports that idea that Judas's greed was a problem for him. And, and that's one of the things that motivated him to betray Jesus. In John 12 and, and verse 6, it says... Um, he said this, this is uh, in the, the story where uh, the woman has, has anointed Jesus with the expensive oil and, and Judas had complained about that. Uh, and it says, he said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief and having charge of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. And so uh, we can see that, that Judas had a problem with greed and, and money and, and he let that uh, be be an opportunity for Satan to tempt Judas to betray Jesus, and he gave in to that temptation, and he betrayed the Son of God. And so, you know, that's that's not anything that's different from today. People betray people for money on a regular basis. That's one of the more common reasons uh, that that someone may betray someone else or the institution uh, that they work for. Uh, monetary gain, self-advancement uh, is a very common reason for betrayal. Uh, and, and I think uh, Satan knows very well how to tempt us uh, to betray people by the lure, the lure of money. And so, again, that's something that we have to, uh, to, to ward against. And when you think about society throughout history, I remember in my Western civilization class in junior college, uh, it was a pretty boring teacher, but I, I remember it got to the point when I would go to class and I would think to myself, I wonder how many people are going to die today in class because it was the whole class was about uh, this king came to power. And then his sons killed him and took over. And then their sons killed him or this enemy killed him. It was over and over again. It was betrayal for self-advancement, betrayal for financial gain. Um, and, and so that's a, a very common reason that, that people betray others uh, is to promote themselves and to gain riches. Um, it's part of why Paul warns us in 1 Timothy 6 about the love of money being the root of all kinds of evil, right? Um, this this desire for physical possessions, this wanting more money, more wanting more things, uh, can can tempt us to betray those that um, that we care very much about, and it can betray it can cause us also to betray God. Right? Uh, we can we can become so focused on on worldly 
things and on gaining worldly things and on, on gaining more money that we can lose sight of what God is wanting us to do with those things and with our time. And so uh, if we do that, we're betraying God, right? We're, we're betraying him for money. We're, we're, we're sacrificing what we should be doing, those good and right things, uh, for our personal gain and, and our personal advancement. And, uh, again, that's something we don't need to be doing. And so, as we move to the, the next story of betrayal, uh, it, it again has something to do with money. You go to Acts chapter 5, and you get to the story of Ananias and Sapphira. Uh, another common story that we know uh, pretty well. Acts chapter 5, starting in verse 1, it says, But a certain man named Ananias, with Sapphira his wife, sold a possession, and he kept back part of the proceeds, and his wife also being aware of it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why, is this, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the price of the land for yourself? While it remained, was it not your own? And after it was sold, was it not in your own control? Why have you received this thing in your heart? You've not lied to men, but to God. And so you've got this situation in the early part of Acts where uh, the church has just begun. Uh, a lot of people have been baptized and, and are in that, and, and, and there's a great need. And a lot of people are selling their possessions uh, so that they can provide for those in, in need. And Ananias and Sapphira are two of those people. They have some land, they sell it, uh, and they bring the money to the apostles as a, as a contribution, as a gift to help those in need, uh, except they're not honest about it, right? And so um, they're betraying both God and their brethren in this situation. Uh, and, and what is this motivated by? It's, for one, the same thing that motivated Ju Judas, right? Greed. They wanted to keep some of the money uh, for themselves. But Peter indicates that wouldn't have been an issue for them to keep some of the money for themselves, right? That wasn't really what the problem was. The problem was uh, that they wanted to keep some money for themselves, but they wanted it to look like they were giving all of the money uh, to the to the cause that everyone was contributing to. And so it, it's really their problem not only was greed, but it was also pride, right? It was wanting to look good uh, to everyone else. And so they betrayed everyone around them. They betrayed their brethren, and they betrayed God uh, by doing things that way. Uh, Peter describes it as they have lied not to men but to the Holy Spirit. In reality, they had lied to both, right? They had been deceptive towards both um, both men and the Holy Spirit. Uh, but, you know, again, what, what we see with them is, is they had a heart problem. Uh, it, and it wasn't just wanting worldly possessions. It, it was wanting the praise of men, wanting to look good, uh, and get that recognition for being one of those people who, who were willing to give so much uh, to that cause when really uh, they, they didn't do what they had acted like they had done. And so when you think about these first two examples and you think about uh, the fact that greed is one of the primary motivations in this, uh, 
you know, it brings to mind Colossians chapter 3 and verse 5 uh, and Paul's instructions for us to put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. All right, and that's what both of these examples were struggling with. That's what caused them to sin was covetousness, right? Uh, that's what caused them to betray uh, someone else. Uh, they wanted those possessions, and, and God describes that as idolatry, as basically uh, worshiping something other than him. Uh, the other thing that we see that was a problem, especially for Ananias and Sapphira, was this loving the praise of men. I feel like that's what Ananias and Sapphira were also after. It wasn't just the money. It was the praise of men. Uh, and so... Uh, again, they had an issue of pride, uh, a problem with pride in their hearts. And John chapter 12 and verse 43 is, is talking about the Pharisees, but, it, but it's a thought that comes to mind when I read the story of Ananias and Sapphira. Uh, the Pharisees said they love the glory that comes from man more than the glory that comes from God. Right? They want the praise of men more than the praise of God. Uh, and so they were willing... <laughs> to betray God and their brethren uh, thinking they would get more praise from men because of it. And Satan used that uh, against them, uh, that weakness or that problem in their their hearts and, and tempted them to do those things. The same thing uh, can happen to us today. We can, we can do things uh, not only for greed, but, but we can make decisions or, or betray others uh, because uh, we love the praise of men. We want to look better to others. And, and we can, we can uh, betray someone who we love or who we have a relationship with. We can treat them wrongly or, or do something wrong to them uh, to make ourselves look good to others. And, and that happens. That can happen in the job, in our work. Uh, it can happen really in, in uh, several different parts of our lives, and we have to be careful about that. Not to, uh, not to, uh, you know, treat someone wrong or betray someone or act in a way that betrays God, uh, just so we can look good to those who are around us. Uh, and oftentimes, I think we we end up doing that not in a uh, a proactive way, but in really a not saying anything way, right? Sometimes we have opportunities to uh, maybe speak up or say things uh, about what God's Word says about this, or this is what I believe, and we may choose to keep silent. And, and that is a, a type of betraying God, right? We're not standing up for what we believe. Think back uh, to the definition of, uh, of betrayal of a deliberate disloyalty, right? If you're loyal to something, you stand up for what that is and, and for what that thing that you're loyal to or that person that you're loyal to means and is about. And so when we don't speak up about things, uh, that is a way that we can be betraying God. And it's something we have to, to be careful about and, and something that we have to, uh, to, to ward against. You know, really, both of these examples that we've looked at, uh, plus the, the next two that we're going to look at, and, and really I think every example of betrayal in the Bible is going to come down to 
uh, one thing, and if you'll turn to First John uh, chapter two, uh, fifteen and sixteen, a passage that's very familiar, says, "Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him." For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. And so this love of the world and the things in the world, the praise of men, the, the possessions of the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the pride of life, are really, those are the, you can boil any type of betrayal down to those one of those three things. And so... Our love of the world is something that we have to constantly be fighting against as God's children, right? When we become a child of God, we, we, we read that, that after we become a Christian, uh, or even when we're becoming a Christian, what are we doing? We're putting to death that old man, that man that loves the world, and the new man is not supposed to love the world. He's supposed to love God. And... <clears throat> Uh, it seems uh, that our next example of betrayal, our next character we're going to look at, uh, maybe let the love of the world get to him, uh, just like it can, can get to us. If you think about uh, Demas, a character we don't have a lot of information about in the New Testament. I think he's only mentioned three times uh, in, in the New Testament. He was a, a fellow Christian and helper of Paul, someone who was on some of the missionary journeys with Paul. And uh, Colossians chapter 4 and verse 14, it says, Luke, the beloved physician, greets you, as does Demas. So that's one of the mentions. Philemon chapter 1, uh, 23 and 24, Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, sends greetings to you. And so do Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, and Luke, my fellow workers. And in 2 Timothy chapter 4, 9 and 10 is where we see that something happened with Demas, right? Up to this point, Demas seems to have been uh, linked in with, with Paul and, and Luke and those who were traveling around preaching the gospel. Uh, but when you get to 2 Timothy chapter 4, uh, we've got Paul telling Timothy, Do your best to come to me soon for Demas in love with this present world has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica, and Cretans has gone to Galatia, Titus to Dalmatia. And so, again, we don't have a, a lot of information about what Paul means by Demas being uh, in love with this present world, but it, it doesn't have a positive connotation, right? When you read that, it, it doesn't seem like whatever Demas did was the right thing to do, uh, is the way that's always read to me. And so, it, it reads to me like uh, Paul felt betrayed by Demas, that he deserted him is how he describes it. Uh, and he tells us why, because he was in love with this present world. And so something about uh, the world drew Demas away from that work that he had been doing with Paul. And, and that wasn't a, a positive thing. You know, it could have been money. Uh, it could have been some relationship issue. Uh, they were going through a lot of persecution at that time. I could imagine uh, maybe something coming up with some family member back in Thessalonica that, that and it caused Demas to to leave the, his faith and and leave Paul and and go, you know, in another direction. There's a thousand things it could have been, but Paul boils it down to 
deemest loving the world more than God. Uh, and so, you know, I think that's a type of betrayal. That's uh, Paul felt betrayed by that is the way that, that I've always taken that. And so, you know, again, that goes back to that passage in, in 1 John about uh, loving this world and the things of it. Uh, and, and over and over again, every example of betrayal can be brought back to that. Uh, the final character I wanted to, to think about uh, is Peter. And turn back to Matthew chapter 26. One of Jesus' uh, most staunch disciples, uh, closest disciples in his inner circle. Uh, if you look at starting in verse 31 of Matthew chapter 26. Oops, wrong chapter. Says, then Jesus said to them, All of you will be made to stumble because of me this night, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I've been raised, I will go before you to Galilee. And Peter answered and said to him, Even if all are made to stumble because of you, I will never be made to stumble. And Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you that this night before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And Peter said to him, Even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. And so said all of the disciples. And so, uh, you know, here's Peter making this statement of, you know, there's no way this will ever happen, right? I will never deny you. Uh, I, you know, I'm not going to be the one who betrays you. You know, everyone else may. I'm not. Uh, but what happens with Peter? You know, fully confident in his ability to, to be faithful and loyal to Jesus no matter what. Uh, we don't have to get very much further in the story to see that, that what Jesus told him would happen, happens. Um, look at... Uh, start in verse 69. Okay, so in between what we just read and and where we're fixing to read, Jesus goes to the garden to pray, right? Uh, and and Peter's there in the garden with Jesus. Uh, and what? Think about what did Peter not do that Jesus told him and those with him to do? Pray lest you enter into temptation, right? So you know they. They basically did not protect themselves from the temptation that, that Satan was about to, to bring uh, upon them. And, and we're going to see what happens because they failed to protect themselves against, against this. You start in verse 69 and it says, Now Jesus has been arrested. Y'all know the story. Uh, so Peter sat outside in the courtyard and a servant girl came to him saying, You also were with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied it before them all, saying, I do not know what you are saying. And when he had gone out to the gateway, another girl saw him, and, and to those who were with, who were there, and said to those who were there, This fellow also was with Jesus of Nazareth. But he again denied with an oath, saying, I do not know this man. And a little later, those who stood by came up and said to Peter, Surely you also are one of them, for your speech betrays you. Then he began to curse and swear, saying, I do not know the man, and immediately a rooster crowed. And Peter remembered the word of Jesus, who had said, Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. So he went out and wept bitterly. So you think about 
what Peter's gone through. He's gone from saying, you know, not me, you know, anybody else but me, but this isn't going to happen to me, to now he has denied even knowing Jesus. Uh, in the matter of the same night, it's all happening in the same night. Uh, and his motivation is a little different than, than the first ones we talked about, right? We don't see any greed here. There's nothing to do with money. Uh, it doesn't seem like in the story. Uh, this is a disloyalty to Jesus that's caused by fear, right? Uh, but where does that fear come from? It, it goes back to that same problem of loving the world, right? He's basically afraid of the consequences of being associated with Jesus at this point. That's that's why Peter does this. Uh, and, and that's a situation we can, again, find ourselves in in life. We can be afraid of the consequences of being associated with Jesus. Uh, and, and if we do that, if we are afraid to speak up and, and, and acknowledge that we are one of God's children, acknowledge that we are trying our best to live a life faithful to him and that God requires us to do certain things and forbids us from doing other things, if we deny those things, then we are betraying God. And, and that is not good for us. It's, it's a situation that should bring us sorrow when we think about that. Uh, and so... Again, Peter's example, uh, to me, is, is an example of disloyalty or betrayal because of fear, because of his love for the world, because of his love for his own life, uh, more than, than for the life of Jesus, even though he had just said, if I have to die, I won't deny you. Uh, he has just denied Jesus because of the fear of, of uh you know what could happen to him in that crowd that he's in at that moment, and so, you know, again, these are these are all stories that we're very familiar with, and and I just wanted us to think about uh, why these people ended up betraying God or or betraying someone uh, that they had uh, previously had a relationship or had trust with and analyze kind of what their motivations were for that and think about how uh, we can protect ourselves against falling in the same traps. And, you know, when you read some of these, you may think to yourself, just like Peter thought, that I would never do that type of thing, right? That's not going to be me. Uh, you know, that's, that's just what Peter thought. Um, but Satan is, is very crafty and Satan is, is very tricky and Satan knows how to pick the perfect opportunities to, to tempt us to betray God. And so we have to always uh, uh, be looking out for that and protecting ourselves and praying for God's protection against him and, and wisdom uh, for how to uh, overcome those times when he does tempt us. I wanted to end the lesson uh, reading in Hebrews chapter 10 starting in verse uh, 23 and again this this is really kind of me and my mind circling back to what I said at the beginning about the Lord's Supper and about when we examine ourselves when I'm when I'm sitting there partaking of the Lord's Supper sometimes I think about what Jesus suffered for me right and and how bad that was uh, that he had to go through those things for me and how bad it is when I don't hold up to the expectations that God has for me how 
how uh, that betrays him. And, and it makes me think of this passage in Hebrews chapter 10, starting in verse 23. It says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. For if we go on sinning deliberately after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sin, but a fearful expectation of judgment and fury of fire that will consume the adversaries. Anyone who has set aside the law of Moses dies without mercy on the evidence of two or three witnesses. How much worse punishment do you think will be deserved? Uh-oh. There it is. Had a blank page in there. Deserved by the one who trampled underfoot the Son of God and has profaned the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified and has outraged the Spirit of grace. For we know him who said, Vengeance is mine, I will repay. And again, the Lord will judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. And so, you know, this passage in Hebrews talks about how bad it is when we sin willfully, right? That we are trampling the blood of God underfoot. When we just choose to do something wrong against God. And, and so, um, you know, as we live our lives, as we uh, examine ourselves and think about how it is that we've been living, you know, let these passages like in Hebrews come to our mind and let that be a motivation for us to, to realize that we need to do everything in our power to resist Satan. We need to do everything we can to be smart about um, avoiding situations that would tempt us to betray God. And when we do find ourselves in a situation that Satan has gotten the best of us, he's tricked us, he's tempted us, and we, we fell into his trap and we've sinned against God, we've betrayed, against, uh, betrayed God and, and, and his son and the sacrifice that was made for us, uh, we need to be sorrowful, just like Peter was. The, the end of that passage uh, in verse 75 in Matthew 26, when Peter realized what he had just done, he went out and wept bitterly, right? And the, 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 as low as that point is for Peter, the, the happy ending to the story is Peter came back, right? Peter repented of that. Peter was sorry for what he had done. Uh, Peter was forgiven for what he has done through Jesus' sacrifice. And, and the same thing can go for us. When we fail God, uh, there's a way for us to get back. And, and so this morning, if you've never become a child of God and you, you wish to do that and you understand that Jesus, the Son of God, came to earth and walked as a man and lived a perfect life only to die for you and for me, uh, and you understand that your sin... Uh, is something that God in his justice can't allow. He, he has to, to judge you for that when this life is over. And so uh, the only way to have that um, washed away is through baptism. We see in scriptures that when people said, what must we do to be saved? The answer was be baptized for the remission of your sins. And so if you've never done that, we certainly invite you to, to do that this morning. If you have done that, uh, but have Again, falling uh, into Satan's traps and sinned against God, we certainly uh, know that God can 
can and will forgive us of those sins when we repent of them and pray to him asking for forgiveness and we we are here for one another to do that as well so if you have have a need that we can help with please let that be known as we stand and sing